Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street in Maniunk, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. With me this week is omnibus enthusiast, Noel Bartocci. Noel, tell the people something. Hi, um, I am only here for one thing, and that's to drink my coffee. Oh, what? Just, just real quick, what's in the coffee, yeah. Noel? <clears throat> oh, um, so it's ground Colombian beans, hot water, steeped, and then uh, two shots of Frangelico. I don't know if you guys, it's, um, it's hazelnut liqueur. So you're getting crunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, I'm the, getting old, as the kid said it's, 10 years ago. It's like old lady crunk, though, so like... First of all, anyone under the age of 35, if you know what Frangelico is, you, like, congratulations. Like, it looks like a pancake bottle and no one touches it, but it's delicious, delightful in your coffee. Enjoy it. You're welcome. I will when you bring me some later today. Uh, also <laughs> with me this week is uh, extremely man-voiced Brian Lee. B, tell the people something. Tell them something. Uh, let's see. There was, you know, I heard you say to Noel, tell the people something, and all the various... All the various facts in my mind clouded up at once. Uh-huh. And what have I got? What have I got? Uh, the Battle of Hastings was on October 8th, 1066. Uh, it might have been October 14th, 1066. Well, if you're not going to tell the people a fact, shut up. If you're not correct. <laughs> yeah. Paragon of efficiency. People. Of mental efficiency. All right. Uh, Menelaus was Agamemnon's brother in... The Odyssey and maybe Greek history, if it was inspired by real things. What's this maybe shit? Well, I mean, you we don't, just don't know, know for sure? Because we don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? With the, It's in the Odyssey, but what else do we have that says that it's true? Um, we're going to get on to our correspondence in just a second, but first we have some comments from Christopher Goodnight. So I have an answer to the Wonder Woman slash Max Lord question from a couple weeks ago. Max Lord went evil in Justice League versus the Suicide Squad. That's why he was on... In prison, slash Wonder Woman distrusts him. He went after the Justice League because he didn't trust superheroes. But he also remembers the timeline in which Wonder Woman killed him because the source wall collapsing revealed it to him. Yeah. Holy cats. Thank you, Christopher right. Goodnight. What, there we go. What an amazing answer to the question that has been plaguing us for a couple of weeks now in the new Wonder Woman um, uh, storyline from Mariko Tamaki. Yeah, yeah it, was, nice. it was in issue 761. I think, like, he kind of lays it all out. What I thought was super, super cool about it, though, is... I think we had said it on the show. Like, it was um, in current continuity, he's just had beef. But you're using, like, the viewers or the readers remembering of him snapping his neck. But then she revealed that he remembers that shit because the source wall gets knocked down during No Justice, which was really, really cool. It's a good book. Everyone should be reading Wonder Woman right now. Absolutely. I haven't said that yeah. since Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang's run from the New 52. And uh, best friend of the show, Brandon Jackson Short, says, I like the background. Thank you. Oh, thank I made you. it myself. Yeah, that's a cool-looking background. And uh, he also says, what about Ulysses? 
What about Ulysses? Well, Ulysses is just the Roman name for Odysseus. So it's if you're talking about a separate work, then uh, then I'm not sure. But otherwise, it's just a trend. Welcome back to the Greek Literature Podcast. We're here today here to talk go. about the uh, the etymology as well as the origins of Ulysses. <laughs> and go. Um. So, we are here to discuss this week's new comic releases, but first, we have some correspondence. Here is a message from Carl Carls. Here is a quick note about messages to the cast of the Cult Pop Podcast. If you send us a message, and it doesn't <laughs> explicitly say don't read this on air, we might read it on air, as I'm about to do. Because this was a message, not an email. So it's not technically an email, it was a message to Noel from Carl Carls of Tasmania. So, uh, yeah, if you don't want us to read something, tell us not Should to read we, it. Now, we've talked with Carl Carls, so, I mean, we'll, Noel uh, yeah, will have a sense as to whether or not this is appropriate to There's nothing. To there's nothing, like, inappropriate in the message. It right. just wasn't worded as an email, so it's like, I think it's fine. Right. Maybe it's fine. Eh. Uh, but maybe we should air on, I mean, maybe maybe we should say if you tell us that it can be read on air. Nope. I mean, who's sending us messages? All right, here we go. Carl Carl says, So excited to read Rise of Ultraman. I am a huge fan of Ultraman. When, I, when we took our son Henry to Tokyo for his birthday, one of the great pleasures for me was finding the Ultraman store in the character street station. So much amazing Ultraman goodness. We went up Mount Fuji, and I bought an awesome Ultraman commemorative keychain with Mount Fuji on one side, and Ultraman on the other. For a kaiju nerd like me, it was just amazingly cool. Toho Studios was also equally amazing. I know it sounds like I'm all about the commerce, but it was just so cool to have access to such amazing things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to see, let alone purchase. So uh, I really like his enthusiasm there. And um, I also am now a fan of Ultraman, but we'll get to that in the review later. Noel. Is uh Carl? Um, I just picked this up. Godzilla Half Century War by written and, and drawn by James Stokoe. One, have you ever read this as a kaiju nerd? Two, is it good? And should I throw it to the top of the stack because I only got it for James Stokoe? I don't know how great it is or or isn't. So let me know. Let us know. Christopher Goodnight says I actually like the start of Rebirth, but mainly the flashback issues, which was like every other issue. Oh, which was like every other issue. You got a retelling of Steve crashing on Themyscira and meeting Wonder Woman and her coming to Man's World versus Wonder Woman trying to find Themyscira in the present and realizing she had never been back to the island despite her memories. Basically, she learned her life had been a lie. I had not read that. I know it was a big deal for Greg Rucka to come back and do a mainstream Wonder Woman run. Um, In hindsight, I've heard some things about why he did that. And it wasn't really didn't didn't seem to me like it was really about the urge to tell a story, um, Wait, and I was immediately put off by that format of here's an issue now, the next issue is in the past. Here's an issue now, the next issue is in the past, and it just didn't make for a pleasant reading experience. So I gave up. Yeah, I'm that, never into that kind of thing. Like you know, when you're reading a book and chapters will bounce back, like always. Sometimes you get into it right away, but there's always that moment of like, ugh, we're not. Yeah, that was switch gears. That was one of those situations that like sounded great on paper, but in hindsight, just didn't work. Like the idea was that the, he had two artists that were notoriously not really able to keep a monthly schedule. Mm-hmm. So it was like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I have two stories I want to tell. We'll tell them concurrently, and it's going to be mm-hmm. great. Skip months. 
Because it was Liam Sharp and someone else. And the only reason why Liam Sharp could do uh, Monthly Now with Green Lantern is because they started that shit forever ago right. and they built breaks in it. Right. But uh, but yeah, it was like you got really into something and then the next month it was a different mm-hmm. story altogether and then again. Was the other artist Nicola Scott? Maybe. I thought it was. Anyway, well, I'm, I'm thinking about her recently because uh, for our store book club, which we do every Tuesday or every other Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, this upcoming Tuesdays we're going to be doing um, Black Magic from Greg Rucka. And Nicola Scott. And I was wondering if that's maybe how they came together was the Wonder Woman, John. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get on to the books. Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis number one from Scott Snyder and Francis Manipal. With Superman freed up from his new apocalypse prison, the classic Trinity lineup is back together and ready to rock their next gig. Get it? Because it's like a band. Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman amp up their power to launch an assault on Castle Bat. And that's just the warm-up act. Three walking nightmares are hidden deep inside the fortress, but these dark multiverse versions of the Anti-Monitor, Superboy Prime, and Darkseid hold the key to humanity's survival. The Justice League have to face down their old nemeses. But will round two be the end for our heroes? Definitely. It'll definitely be the end. And that'll be Probably. no more DC Comics. That'll be it. Done. I, I mean, if, if the next five issues of this series is just like a coda of what to do when they're all dead... Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah I'll be fine with that. Yeah. It's a different it's story. Like you might enjoy these other types of stories. Yeah, high fantasy would be for you. Yeah, here's <laughs> right. what would have happened if they didn't die, <laughs> but they're dead. <laughs> also, hi Samuel David. He he popped in. He says hello. hello. So, uh, all right. My quick two cents on this book is that this is should 100 percent have been part of the main Dark Knight's death metal miniseries this should not be a one-shot it should absolutely be the next issue in the arc um which you know chronologically it is but the problem is you get a lot of people who wait for or i'm sorry they skip the um ancillary titles the one shots and the other miniseries and all they do is focus on the main series so it's my job as a retailer to be like uh this is super important and i'm definitely going to order this for you and put it in your bin because you need it um, but not every retailer might do that. You might be missing out on a pretty important part of the story. What did you guys think, Noel? Um, well, I agree with your assessment. This is this was every other tie-in issue that we've had for uh, Death Metal thus far has been like an anthology series or like a side story and has really affected the main plot. This was essentially issue four. Mm-hmm. Um, it directly comes like leads from where they left off in issue three, and then now the side quest completely with your main three characters. So it was like, okay. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I love Francis Menopal's art, and sometimes it depends on... Um, sometimes it's scratchy or rushed, but if it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I loved the look of this book. Um, uh, and I just had really fun with the story. Look, I, if somebody if somebody like put a gun to my head and asked me to recap the entirety of the plot of this, uh, of Death Metal, right? I, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, the it would be really really hard to do it. But it wasn't I think loaded. I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it, and I think I like it. Yeah, but it's so it's so um, it's convoluted, but in a fun way. And it's just, it's like really close to maybe being annoying, but it's not there yet. And I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Like the idea that they have to go back into each crisis 
to steal the crisis energy of their victories in order to battle Perpetua, who feeds... It's so weird. It's so weird. Well, I, okay. I love it. So, yeah, basically, Perpetua, the, the being who is in charge of the entire multiverse, and is who is kind... Like, listen, she's kind of a dickbag. Um, yeah. uh, she feeds off the energy that is created by the crises that DC keeps falling into. And so they are going to these previous versions of those crises in order to get the energy and siphon it away from Perpetua, right? So here's the thing. That's what it seemed like up until this issue. But they say they say something where uh, somebody, the Batman who laughs or, or whomever, created he's, three he's worlds. Jaro? He's great he's in this issue. He's a lot of fun in this issue. <laughs> Um, yeah. So they created three worlds where these crises are perpetually happening that like she batteries. is feeding off of. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to going back in time to the... I guess they can't go back in time because when these things happen, reality alters, including the timeline. That's an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, it's like she created these, these, um, these bottle cities or bottle earths where the crisis is constantly happening to, to fuel her. Which is yeah. slightly confusing because if you like um, in other books, um, it was it's revealed that her throne is powered by members of the Legion of Doom, which happened during oh. Justice League. So like she's using people and things and universes as batteries all over the John. Whatever. That's her thing. But um, yeah, it's her thing. It's her thing. Yeah. She turns she turns things that shouldn't be batteries into batteries. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the the reveal at the end of this issue where are we spoiling it? Are we on spoiler alert? Yeah. Do you yeah. want to spoil it? Um, where they get to, like, the your, the, tri- the the Trinity gets to each Earth uh, where each crisis occurred. That's uh, Crisis and Infinite Earth, Final Crisis and Infant Crisis. Not in that order. Um, they get to the Earth because they're going to just, like, steal some energy and bounce. But each Earth is if the crisis they didn't win. So you've yeah. got, for the Infinite Crisis one, you've got um, Superboy Prime being just, like, all-powerful badass. They know about Perpetua. They're there to just kind of keep things terrible so it keeps getting power. So, like, that's such an obvious that's such an obvious thing that should happen because they need these crises to continue. So, of course, Perpetua rigged the board and made each one a loss, like, in these alternate universes. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, this was just fun. Also, too, I gotta say, I really loved the the Barbados. Yeah, like, yeah, that was cool. He just they... Superman punched him in the mug. Yeah, yeah. The, but the idea that like up until now we haven't heard at all about the main bad guy of the previous yeah you know the previous event, which is this is a direct sequel to. So I was just like, yeah. oh, he's chained up in the bot. Like this is a way to tell the reader yeah. that the stakes for last time are fucking child's play mm. and now this is like you know that big thing you had a problem with before yeah oh he's just a pet <clears throat> have fun like that i thought that cool. was really cool too yeah i also liked his take on it like hey this is you guys came up with this stuff these are your dark imaginings you know yeah. um i i uh, i like swamp thing as well uh i just thought he had a cool it, nothing nothing crazy nothing earth shattering i just liked his sort of drawing the green into him, and now he's got all of the green and is, uh, you know, but presumably if something happens to him, he's gone. Oh, it's it's Noel. It's just Noel and I. <laughs> oh, I never learned how to get. 
Oh, I also, I love Francis Manipal's art, and so I agree. It definitely seems like it should be part of just yeah. Death Metal number I, five. But you know who you know who I like a lot more than the Dark or uh, than the Batman Who Laughs for some reason is the Robin King. Now, I'm not putting him in my top ten list or anything, but I'm not like every time the Batman Who Laughs appeared, I always thought, ugh. <laughs> Whereas with the Robin King, I don't think that. Well, you know what I think it's... So, The Batman Who Laughs was kind of like a... Um, it's Bruce Wayne all the way up until a point. Mm-hmm. Um, this version of Bruce Wayne, the Robin King, he's just... He's always been a sociopath. Yeah. Or a psychopath, actually, yeah. or a sociopath. So, it's it's kind of weird. It's less... It feels a little bit more organic as him being just this nasty it little does. kid. He's like as an a, evil yeah. universe's Bruce Wayne. Well, not an yeah. evil universe, but a, a universe which has an evil Bruce Wayne. Um... Jonah Hex disappearing was a very cool artistic scene as well. Yeah, this was like um, this was fun. The art was great. Um, it propelled the plot. Mm-hmm. It was emotion. It was emotionally satisfying, and the cliffhanger was fun. I yeah. again, this this it was this is a vital issue in the yeah. you know the whole death metal story. Yeah, people, if if people were enjoying it and didn't pick this up, they really should have. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and it, it seems necessary, it, too. Like, these are the next things that happen. They wind up in the place that they spoke of as their goal last issue. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths one especially looks cool, I think, with the Anti-Monitor uh, is everything, and he kind of ensconces yeah. Batman. Yeah. And of all the, the characters to be there, Batman's probably the least equipped, like, having to deal with the <sighs> to Anti-Monitor. To go up against... An entirety yeah. of a universe. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 fighting the manifestation of existentialism. Like what? And you're <laughs> right. just a you're just a dude. Although you know power levels, maybe it's more about psychology at that point. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's what Scott Snyder wants you to think. Mm, he's always trying to play us like fiddles. That's no. I'm I'm uh. So this this month was always supposed to be kind of a skip month for death mm-hmm. metal, and by skip month I mean it's just. Like, the main book wasn't coming out, and it was a bunch of these one-shots. This one's awesome. I have uh, a feeling the next two are also... I think these three are speed, all very it, important. Speed, speed metal, metal and... Um, Multiverse's End, I think yeah. it is, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. reference speed metal in this one. And I have a yeah. feeling, like, the, the Darkest Night is going after the Flash family. I think it will be important, at least. Hello? Yeah, I, and I... Hi, Diddy. No. Oh no. Sorry, oh. I was saying hello to uh, Melissa G. Um, I think uh, you know what I have been really appreciating too, like in the solicits or in the in the, because I'm a nerd, I read the solicits of like what's coming. Mm-hmm. They they have been saying or they do say for certain series like this is important to the event. So like the the Justice mm-hmm. League tie in that's coming in, there's right. just, like it literally says in the description like. What happens in this book affects the main event. Like, <laughs> oh really? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I, I kind of appreciate that. Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that I, nice. I know not to skip this. Sweet. Yeah. That's the upcoming Justice League arc, or yeah, the um, the the upcoming arc by Josh Joshua Williamson and okay. Germanico. Like, just I think it's just like a five issue tie-in. It's um, it looks like it's following, or it is following um. You know how in the last issue of, of Death Metal they freed all of the um, all the heroes that were stuck on Apocalypse? Yeah. So, like, Nightwing and, and stuff? Yeah. 
it's them going to going on a mission to help the other guys. So like they have to go, I think, free the Justice or the Legion of Doom. So it's it's um oh, from the everything Trump. Yeah, everything is feels like it's being set up for like a for like a, a good old fashioned Empire Strikes Back kind of ending where you've got a battle on three fronts. Mm. So three teams doing something each that have to kind of like all coalesce. And that team Which, will probably be uh, teamed up with the Legion of Doom, I imagine. Because this is I, one of I, those events. You know, one of those like, hey, it does, our past differences aside, we got to stop this good, perpetual character. Good yeah. guys and bad guys. Yeah. yeah. That's always, I like that. All but right. anyway, thumbs up to Trinity Crisis. Three yeah, thumbs it's, up it's great. if you can manage it. Uh, Brandon says, J- Scott Snyder has said that those are the real characters, by the way. So that was the real Dark Side, real Superboy Prime, etc. Ah, so, uh, another big event is going on right now, which is wrapping up from Marvel Comics called Empire. And um, two one-shots wrap-up issues came out this week. In the same way that the storyline started with two lead-in books, uh, Avengers and Fantastic Four, we are now exiting with Avengers and Fantastic Four. Uh, So, Empire Aftermath, Al Ewing, Valerio Shidi. In the aftermath of the cosmic conflict, the forces gather one last time. But why? And at whose bidding? New bonds will be forged, new families will be founded, and there's a new role waiting for Earth. But new destinies bring new dangers and new enemies. Welcome to the new Marvel Space Age, true believer. Hope you survive the experience. I mean, yeah. I hope so, too. I also hope that. We, the readers? Why would we not survive? What? I mean, we shouldn't read this, guys. It's too late. Ever been a? Has there ever been a cliffhanger where you're just like, my heart? Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of this, Brian? I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought both of them were cool. Let's see. Uh, what happened in aftermath? They got married. I love the line. So they, uh, Hulkling and Wiccan, had already been married, but it was a quick, you know, uh, they just really wanted to get it done in Vegas, kind of thing. And so now they have, you know, the ceremony with all of their friends and whomever. Um, so that was nice. That was a good time. I like the line the rabbi says, like, well, this is the first outer space, uh, maybe interspecies gay wedding that I've ever yeah, officiated. But I hope it's not the last. <laughs> that, so I thought that was a pretty cool line. Um, yeah, it was great. You know what stood out to me? This, the work just happened to catch my eye there's no way you'll be able to see what i'm talking about on this screen oh, yeah. it's too uh the when ha uh, what is it the scroll homeworld explodes the the way they're like the little tiny line work that's done in the kind of mid reaches or outer reaches of that explosion is just an interesting way to do an outer space explosion and a it caught my eye. So, uh, yeah. if if this person, if this artist Valerio Shidi is using Procreate or Photoshop or Manga Studio, that mm-hmm. is a predetermined brush which uh, makes all of those for you. So you can it. you can you can make those little lines bigger or smaller. But as you put that digital brush to the paper, it will mm-hmm. just make them for you. I see. That's an interesting look, and it's an interesting choice to use that for an energy sort of expression in in outer space um so yeah i i thought this was a lot of fun you know not not a lot happens but it was just like uh feel good i disagree i think tons happens tons okay 
Yeah. Oh, um, uh, first of all, I agree. I, I liked it a lot. I agree with you. It was really fun. And this is the same artist that did the event. And I feel like this is like the best art wise issue. And it's the, it's the coda. It's the aftermath that some people might end up skipping, but, um, tons of stuff happened. I actually, I loved like the main point of this book was to set up stuff for the future without it being at like tacked on really quickly to the end of the last issue. Um, and I love what they did with, um, brand, uh, yeah. first name? First name. With the Abigail. Oh, Abigail, Abigail brand. brand. Yeah. 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 So, so the whole idea that she has been trying to function as, or, or like she has been trying to get sword to function in a, an effective capacity. So right. what sword is for the people who don't know is basically an outer space version of shield, which is to protect the earth from, you know, Marvel cosmic threats. Yeah. So she like she, sword was disbanded. Then it became alpha flight with, with Carol. And this whole time, Abigail Brand has been a member and trying her damnedest to make it function, and it just keeps not working. And to her, it's basically because all of these fucking hot dogs mm. and superheroes who just, their compulsion is to take care of, of it themselves, and it's just like, you're causing more harm than good. And it's, it's set always up... seem to succeed, though. <laughs> they know, always seem to it succeed. <laughs> I mean, it... I, I mean, it works, but is it yeah. f- efficient? Is it effective? Right, is it yeah, yeah. ideal? No. So I mean, can I it, say also, it was inappropriate for her to bring a, up a grievance with a guest at somebody else's wedding, causing a scene. Hulkling didn't do anything. Wiccan didn't do anything. <laughs> millions of people died. I think. I think her 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 slap to uh, Carol's face was, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, she wanted that. to do it in front of everybody else. You think yeah. that was fun? All right, all right, go on. Oh no, it was it was just it was wonderful. Mm. I liked it a lot. I'm like, I, uh, this was a really really fun issue. The, the art was great. Uh, the stakes were great. It showed the future and how mm. sword or whatever or what do they call themselves how abigail brand is going to create something else that is going to be in direct conflict with the avengers and i think that that's awesome that could mm. happen next year it could happen five years from now because yeah. uh it doesn't seem as though this is the story that um uh jason aaron is telling so maybe it's something for further on down the road but it's still really cool mm. i like it i liked it a lot yeah me too um yeah, I, I think both of these books kind of do a, a setup sort of thing. You know, like that's their that's their major purpose, and I enjoyed both. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see. I like that Wiccan is the court wizard of the, yeah. the new empire now. The whatever they call the Kree Scroll Empire. Uh, that's a cool place for him to be. And if I was him, I'd be pretty happy. You know, I'd be like, all right, sweet. I am now the court wizard of this empire. That's a nice. I hang out with my husband, love of my life. You know, this is great. I, I'm happy for him. He's found a good spot. Yeah, this was just like um, I I think I had already I had already said it for other shit, but this is a coda to the event. Yeah. But it felt much more necessary than these books usually do. Like it was just really fun. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you had mentioned that you liked Fallout more, so let's talk about that really quick. I think I so, did. Yeah. So uh, Empire Fallout, written by Dan Slott, uh, with art by Sean. Isaac Cassie, Isaac Cassie. Isaac, I'm gonna mess Isaac that up. Say? Isaac Cassie. That's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the fate of all future Kree Scroll Wars is placed in the hands of 
Reed Richards and his family, the what? Fantastic Four. What? This is no standard issue of a Marvel comic, True Believer. Two major turning points in the entire Marvel Universe will take place here. Also in this issue, the Profiteer returns? But is she here for revenge or justice? And a special appearance by the most ominous cosmic character of them all, the Unseen. Mm. So why did you like this one a little bit more? Well, so... Here's the thing. Are we spoiling <laughs> what happens at the end? Uh, yeah, let's just do it. Okay. So that was only part of it. I, I just... To do it chronologically in the narrative, I just... I like this story. I think I also just... I like the Fantastic Four and those characters a little bit more than the Avengers and those characters. But... Uh, it was nice. It was, again, I'm, I'm trying to go through and see what it was. Oh, right. The, the profiteer shows up, does not provide them an answer, and takes a payment for... I thought that was an unwise deal. Well, They're like, they, all right, you can, they, you, you tacitly you can have whatever you want. Oh, it's these power crystals? Sure. The answer, the answer being, uh, I don't know. Yeah, True. right? True. Yeah. And that itself is important. Like, she's, oh, so, yeah. well, she's um, so knowledgeable. That, paint yeah. the whole picture so like um the katati had these weapons mm -hmm. that were able to they were able to fell both the kree and the scroll the most advanced war yeah. uh races in the galaxy mm -hmm. and they were able to do it easily with these weapons that no one else had seen before so the profiteer who was introduced in um previous issues of the fantastic four one of the elders of the universe up there with the collector I think the, and the, game the, master. In the lead in to yeah to yeah that's right vampire yeah um, they bring her in to identify the weapons, and she's unable to, but she takes all their power crystals. So we've got this, like, this mysterious conceit now with mm -hmm. how did this ancient race, mm -hmm. with no one knowing, get these weapons that predate everything else. Right, they're so, um, yeah, they're very mysterious. Yeah, so, I thought it was a good So setup. you've got the, yeah. what's the turning point that they're talking about? So, uh, also, too, the Unseen, which we haven't, oh, wait, we haven't seen... There is one other thing before before we get to that. I really liked what uh, what Thor's part in this was, where well Franklin also comes along in the Invisible Woman. Uh, I thought it was a cool ending to the Kotati's story, at least for now. Where Thor, we didn't get to see it, I guess, but he he went on a journey and he obtained the blessing of Gaia, his mother. You know the the Earth Mother. And so he used that to turn the tide a little bit in the last issue. But here, he they take the Kotati so far away that they'll never, you know, they have no idea yeah. where they are. They, they'll never be able to get back. And uh, what's his name? Koi? The, Koi. Yeah. He's like, oh, so you drop us here on this barren land? Like, great. You know, this is, you guys suck. And then Sora says, well, actually, and it, you know, I'm going to give you this blessing. And he turns it into a, to a verdant land of greenery. Yeah. Giving up this, you know, he had this new power, this new bounty of his that he is giving over to them, the defeated enemy, so that they can live well. And then he seems a little shitty about Koi is like, oh, no ships, huh? It's like, wh why do you, why would you even want to go back? You, the, all the animals are over there. You don't like them, you know. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a great, uh, it's a great ending to that kind of story, a gracious and noble sort of ending. Uh, Todd Engel says, you said lots happened, so what happened besides brand? Look here, Semantics McGee. I thought it was big enough to say loads. A loads happens. I mean, the wedding happens, everyone out there happens. Um, they set up the new status quo for the Kree-Skrull Empire. Clerd um, and Glory are 
go. They have yeah. their new like. They've been yeah, I was gonna say with diplomacy, which is awesome. You've got the 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 bread for war clerk, mm. um, being put on a desk, not unlike you know like um, Vic Mackey in the Shield, the one Fine, place where it would be torture. Well, you know, spoil the ending for you. That's right. um, <laughs> it's only it's only about a decade or so old. I probably won't watch it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Glory being like. Throw me in prison, bro. You're gonna need me eventually, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a good book, but yeah. this one specifically that we're talking about now. Yes. Um. Yeah. So then, yeah. The unseen. There's new Fantastic Four kids. Oh, that part uh, was like great Brandon too. Mentioned. Where they, yeah. uh, You know, you think it's gonna be. I hadn't even pictured who would be the parents, I guess, of the Kree and the Scroll kids, but I was just sort of picturing like, oh, they're being raised by the Fantastic yeah. Four now. But I guess they assumed it would be Reed and Sue, and now it's Ben and Alicia, and that's a heartwarming moment. That's great. Yeah, that was fantastic, because I, I, I mean, they already did the Future Foundation like five times since Hickman, right. and just another another set of kids right, right. being running around with them was not a story that is, that's already been told like a thousand times. Sure. So we, we just, like, we get now domesticated yeah. Ben and, and Alicia, which is and awesome. presumably they would still be around, like pretty similarly to how the other kids were around um in in that they'll the four hang out a lot the fantastic four sure. so uh sure. but the 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 subtle difference of it being ben that is the dad you know of the and alicia is the mom obviously I, um in hindsight yeah. they've set it up so so obviously but still it was fun yeah. but but okay bearing the lead so, bearing the lead all together right. the unseen who yes. is uh post Original Sin, original right. Nick Fury. Right. He had killed Uatu, took his right. took his eye. Right. The the original Watcher. And he was like his, cursed to be the unseen. Yeah. Right. That's, his yeah. curse is to like fill in the role of the Watcher while there is none. He can't. Yeah, essentially the Watcher, just the unseen. Right. Um, and and at, nobody at, knows. Right. Like when people look at him, they kind of have a Hal uh, Jordan as the Spectre early on thing where they can't really. Like Wolverine yeah. is like, hey, he looks familiar, but I don't know who that is. Yeah, they get yeah. like a sense or almost just like an active deja vu of like this this thing out there, this person. I should mm-hmm. know who he is, but I don't. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, but uh, his eye explodes and Uatu comes Something. out of it. With, yeah. yeah. Now I'll tell you so what, what. When I started reading this, I like I like Uatu, the Watcher, a lot. He's this big abstract, you know, sort of concept of a character and when the unseen shows up i was like uh he's cool i he does the same thing he shows up when a big event is happening and that's cool but oh man when's uatu coming back he's been gone for a while (laughs) and uh and hopefully he will soon and there he is right at the end he pops out of his eye had you ever read um she hulk by dan slot no i haven't so um Mm -hmm. I had not either. Uh, hey. This this um, references something that he's been trying to get done for the last like twenty years at Marvel. Is this um, the reckoning? Yep, the reckoning yeah. war. Yeah. Every time somebody says something like that, or She Hulk causes this thing, and it was part of that run, and he just would constantly pitch it and hasn't really <laughs> gained traction. But apparently, um, the the rumor is that he's finally being able to do it in the fantastic four book a large event so this whole idea of resetting the board with the pieces that were necessary for his reckoning war Uh, this is like the start of it because uatu was a part of it 
That's so cool. bringing bringing people back from the dead, doing yeah, this, yeah, doing yeah. that, like setting it up so he can uh, do nice. this event. Uh, hopefully, also, in the near future, I'm into a big event being done with the Fantastic Four as a central piece. You know, because they've been off the board for a while for kind of marketing reasons. I think you know, I mean, uh, company I mean, brinksmanship. Technically, I think this was supposed to be that, but it did feel much more like an Avengers event. It was. I felt like at least both. You know, it yeah. was. They were a big part of it, but. I, were, I, oh, Reed saying Avengers Assemble was cool too. With, yeah. And uh, and what was that? The other book. I liked I liked this, and I, I like where it could go. But I'm perpetually uh, um, kind of wishy washy about Dan Slot in general. Mm. So I mean, sometimes I love it, sometimes I I mm-hmm. really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm, fingers crossed. What do you think, JJ? I like both of them. I, I thought they were just like the first two run-in or lead-in issues for Empire were way better than I anticipated. Uh, I felt similarly about these lead-out issues. And um, this whole Empire, while it's not my favorite event, mm-hmm. it, it was a very pleasant experience. I, I really enjoyed everything that I read. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I skipped a couple of the ancillary miniseries like uh, Captain America and, um, again, I'm, I'm kind of curious about what was supposed to happen in that Thor Empire miniseries. This does seem like what he does here is really cool, and I'd, I would like to see the journey of how he got that, uh, that blessing of Gaia, that ability. Yeah. yeah. So, apparently, apparently they're, they're, uh, they're going to make an omnibus of this next year, oh. like next April, May. Okay, uh, they yeah. kind of, like, pre-announced it. And it said, including unreleased material. So a lot of that stuff that was already kind of written just wasn't printed yet that kind of fell off the wayside during um, COVID. I think a lot of that work is already almost is done, if not almost complete. So there was a there was a Thor miniseries. There was a Spider-Man miniseries. There was um, a couple of other one shots. There was like a Wakanda Wakanda one. Yeah. Yeah. All of those presumably will be included in this larger tome. Dang it! If that's you ever pretty wanted cool. to read that, that is yeah. cool. That's Which a, I thought was yeah. kind of nifty. Like not, and also too, like all of those artists and writers already worked on that shit and were right. paid for it. So right. it's cool to just see it in some sort of print. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about the Watcher, JD? Are you? Uh, well, it doesn't seem like he would be your favorite character, but <laughs> as somebody who really hated that event. Original sin. Oh my god! Oh, I yeah. hated, I hated it yeah. so much. It was so boring, yeah. and I just couldn't care about it. I don't think I even finished it. I liked it. I, I feel oh, really? like I'm glad that. I mean, it's cool that they're referencing it, and maybe they're going to be making some changes to what what you know the outcome was. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see it moving forward. Well, that's why I would think you would like. I was always like, "Ah, eh, the unseen is fine." He's a stand-in for the Watcher, though, and I want the Watcher. Just give us the this Watcher. Unseen yeah. guy is not. Hey, wait. Yeah. Maybe this also means that we're going to get Nick Fury or OG Nick Fury back too. It's possible. Ah, eh, I didn't miss him, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did. I mean, I don't okay. think he's a. I don't think he's a replacement for current Nick Fury, but the the idea right. of the old grizzled war hero from the forties. Mm. I do enjoy in the in the room with the conversation, like him and Wolverine. Uh, yeah, him and Cap conversations and at a diner. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's awesome, and I do miss that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Stealth Number Five from Mike Costa and Nate Bellegarde. Can Detroit solve survive an all-out war between the lunatic Dead Hand 
and an out-of-control stealth. Meanwhile, the men in the light are tired of stealth's son, Tony, asking the wrong questions, dot, dot, dot. That, uh-oh. Oh, doesn't look good for Tony. I uh, 100% have been enjoying this book. I think that everyone should be reading this book. I think it's a lot of fun. I really like the writing. I really like Nate, Bellega Nate Bellegarde's art. And I like the theme of the book uh, and what's going down. I, I really am appreciating the entire series. What did you guys think? Brian. Hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I So I hadn't realized I was one issue behind until very late last night. And... I was like, oh man, I've got to, I've got to power through issue four before I read issue five because it's really good and I don't want to skip ahead. And it is so readable, you know. I just, uh, I started issue four and, and before I knew it, I was like, oh, I'm already done. It's uh, now we're, you know, now we're now we're onto it. And it's great. It's such an engaging book. Like JD said, the art is amazing. It's uh, excellent storytelling in the art. I just happen to page through to this where stealth is kind of pointing out of panel at the thing that you were looking at in the next panel and it's a very it's an easy flow of of motion to read um we get a little backstory or the backstory on who the dead hand is yeah um that seems like a movie shot that i don't quite remember which one uh, it is yeah when yeah Bellegard. so I'm worse than you. Mm -hmm. I haven't read since issue two. Ooh. So last <laughs> night I read issue three, four, and five, mm -hmm. and this book is beyond the stars. This is mm. so spectacular because it's not just the story that's engaging. Um, Bellegarde's art is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like the, mm -hmm. the the shots that he creates and the very clearly um, he's taking he's taking what a lot of people think is a weakness of of, of a sequential storytelling in art, like where an artist will repeat a panel mm. to save time and just mm. change a word balloon or a grimace on the mm. same exact figure. It's it's like a, it's a shortcut. He's swerving into that and mm. creating scene transitions between panels by showing you repeated um, like mm. repeated frames or, or like I think it was issue three where. Um, our main character who is suffering from dementia is getting ready to leave. He puts mm -hmm. on a coat, gets his keys and it's all like in sequential, it's all sequential. Mm -hmm. And then the third panel in, he's wearing a different coat. And then two panels later, uh. he's just like, I thought I put on my coat. I'm wearing Nate's coat. Yeah. It's okay. I, like the unreliable narrator is showing through the art and he's doing it in a very, very, very slick and fun way. And this, it's it's just it's the kind of um, attention to detail that you don't usually get, yeah. or at least not done as well. I, mm -hmm. I love this book. This book is great. It's uh, speaking of the dementia. Also, this last issue is the first one I noticed that he is he is aware of the oh, fact yeah. that he is is sliding into dementia, which is heartbreaking. Um, but you know, in a narrative form, it's also very interesting to see him know that. And see those internal processes. Yeah, there's yeah the the um he is there's a constant stream of of consciousness of him trying to piece together real and fake, and it's something that I think it was in the early issues, but it it really came into more play like issue around issue four and five, where mm -hmm. he's he's in action and trying to remember that you know Eric, the uncle that was helping him, is no right. longer around. Right. 
Eric will fix it. Right. Eric, he can't. Eric's gone. Like yeah. these these constant like backs and forths in his head while he's actively trying to yeah fight off goons or catch. And the here he says like, the, "I hope that's not a memory from twenty years ago." So he yeah he knows yeah. I'll tell you, it this was, also is not the kind of story that I would usually care about at all. Like, it's like, guy in a suit, fairly street level, you know, that's not the kind of thing that really grabs me. Um, uh, even the even the story about the father going through dementia, maybe not. But it's just so well done in, in writing and in art that I find myself really liking it. So... I know that I know that you sometimes. It's unfair to <laughs> say that you 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 grimace at um, dark or gritty stories. I think I think it's more along the lines when a character that's not intense, yeah. that's not always like that, is drawn into that. So exactly, that's but right. Yeah, this is a heavy story, but yeah. it's done in a action-packed, colorful way. Mm-hmm. Is it more palpable? Like, is the heavy shit more palpable because it's not a gritty-looking book? It's just kind of, like, um, tonally? No, I think you were exactly right. That it's... Uh, a lot of stuff, the stuff that we talk about in the show, anyway, is stuff that, when it was a happier, shiny character that gets drawn into that kind of thing, that I'm not too into. But also, I... Yeah, there are certain types of darkness in stories that I'm not that I'm not drawn to at all, or that I don't really get into. And, yeah, maybe the kind of brightness of the art does make me want to read more about it. I was also, the guy, the main character, or the Tony, the the son, is a, a journalist. And in the first issue, he writes this really cool uh, yeah. set of prose in the beginning. So that set me off to be like, oh, this is awesome. And and that prose was also, I mean, it was pretty uh, mm, It wasn't dark. It was very eloquent, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a happy story he was telling no. about Detroit at all. No, not at all. But it set yeah, the it tone was, for what this story would be. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but also, I, I mean, like, Lucifer is one of my favorite books, and that is, so, so that, it's not like I don't like, uh, it's hard, that's also a very cosmic book, whereas this is a darkness of a very street-level variety, and street-level is not usually the kind of thing that I'm drawn to either, but the art makes it feel so vibrant that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as, as street-level. Yeah, Yeah. The, the character designs and the art mm-hmm. are just so good. Yeah. And, and, like, the book itself is incredibly violent. But it's mm-hmm. not. It's. I mean. It's gratuitous in so much as it's. It shows you the violence, mm-hmm. but it's not gratuitous in um, violence for violence' sake. You know. Yeah. Like. It's uh, not just like they don't. Um, they don't go crazy slaughtering an entire team of twenty people, and you see each one, but you do see one guy's leg take the right angle shape of stealth's foot as it goes through it like that kind of thing yeah like it's it's um it's uh it's a very good use of violence to to show impact as opposed to Mm -hmm. just because you like blood and guts like it 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 adds um it adds gravitas to the whole story and stealth is is a very violent character and i think that that's important for 
the story that they're telling now is that stealth when he premiered was of that type of comics character that he is you know he's not superman he needs to beat the hell out of these guys in order to not die himself Mm -hmm. and now that he is in a, a mental state where that kind of violence well, both may have caused the, the mental state or been part of it, but also yeah. is very, very dangerous. Not yeah, so there's somebody, yeah. there's a bit of an ongoing mystery as to the either the cause or the exasperation or exacerbation of his um, mm-hmm. dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, the son Nate is the son's name Nate. I forget. Uh, I think he, the son's name is Tony. Tony, sorry, I, I forget his name, but um, yeah. Uh, he he has a theory that the suit itself from unknown origin is perhaps causing his dementia but mm. then you've got the black hand saying stuff like we hit him in the head like a, a lot. lot yeah a he's lot, gone a through lot. Like, a decade of a this shit ton of trauma right. yeah um two like decades foot, i think actually football player with minimal pads times right. 20 right i mean i could easily see it being one of those like no he just some people just get dementia, you know. Well, I mean, that was a, that was a really great um, that was a really great turn in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season five, mm, mm-hmm. the body, the yeah. the idea that all of these characters are taken away from us by supernatural means, right. and her mother just died of a brain aneurysm. Yeah, that's it. Nothing, yeah. nothing, and it was it was much more impactful too because it was just like you can't stop that. Yeah. No matter how strong you are, no matter how prepared you are, sometimes illness just happens. Mm. Which I think would probably be a really good, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I hope it's not. I don't know. I'm just yeah, excited to see how the, where this goes, yeah. Me too. Um, there was, I, I think this really illustrates what we were talking about earlier. This panel, you don't get the vibrancy of the colors coming through, but it's the, uh, what, dead hand is burning this man's face and killing him. And yeah. it is done in this like classic '50s style comic. There's a there's a heavy '50s influence with this whole style, but very modernized. But it feels like um, you know an homage to that. Uh, but it's this incredibly violent thing that's happening. Also, that cop, I was like, well, it's not, it's You're not going done, well for this guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I I do I do love the the subtle commentary about it too, though of um, hiding from a black man by giving yourself to the police. Yeah. Because you're, yeah, like, mm. Mm. no matter who the actual aggressor is. Yeah. It was really, mm. Well, I have, I have a question. The what, what, what is the implication of the last panel of the issue? I don't know. I, I reread it like three times. And I was the, like, the last like two pages, I think it's him misremembering we have to we have to remember every time that we see those specific word balloons or those word those text boxes are from him they're always unreliable you have yeah so it's almost like a jarring scene change away from anything that's happening before i think we're in his fugue state i think we're in his misremembering okay i was expecting i was i kept looking at the panel expecting to find like what the twist is or, or what the problem might be but he's just, I, you know, he's fighting a bunch of gang members. He's kicking one guy in the neck. Oh, they are fighting each other. There's, like, the the guy tried to stage a coup of Dead Hands organization, and now gangs are at war with one another. And I think he has noticed this, and he's going to get involved. But I think, Noel, you're also right that 
what we are seeing might not be what is actually happening right now. Because the, yeah. the, it seems like the time of day changed, the color kind of mm. changed. Um, it, it's, I think, I think it's going to be revealed that that's not necessarily who he's kicking. It's just, but that, that's what I'm saying is that that seems like that would be the reveal at the end of the issue, not they're going to reveal something in the beginning of the next issue. I don't know. It was weird, uh, but it didn't kill it. Yeah. It's uh, this also, you guys notice there's like a double lining on some of the, so yeah. it gives you the sense that there's a mental thing happening there. Uh, there um, yeah. When this is collected, it's going to be something that should be shared constantly. Mm. Like, read this. Read this. Book clubs. All of it. Mm. Read this. Yeah, this is great. All right, let's move on to Marauders, number 12, by Jerry Duggan and Matteo Lali. Red Reckoning. The Black King removed the Red Queen from the board. What move will the White Queen make? So, uh, I had missed the last issue... And Kate Pride is one of my favorite X-Men, and she has been getting better and better throughout the ages. I just, she's absolutely my favorite. And she died. There was no bringing her back. Not going to do it. She's, every, every mutant is able to be um, resurrected, but not Kate. Can't do it. And then, of course, they did it. Um, but I like the way they did it. I don't fully understand how they did it. Other than phasing had to be part of the process because Kate's power is to phase through things. Brian, explain it to me. I think... Oh, also, I have another, another thing that I was hoping to share last month, and I'm glad it came up again. Um, I think it was that everybody, in order to break out and come back to life, all of these reborn mutants break out of, like physically break out of the egg that egg creates. So... She wasn't doing that. Like, her body's natural response is to phase out of things. But it didn't know to phase, but it also didn't have the impetus to, like, bust out yeah. of a shell. So, so if you think about it, there mm-hmm. are 17 other carcasses yes. that were functioning yes. that were discarded. Yeah. That just yeah. didn't. And we still don't know why she can't get through the gateways. But yeah, I thought it was related, but it's not. Yeah, really. or or maybe it is, and we just don't know how, or, you know, who knows. Yeah, Nightcrawler um, even takes a second yeah. to be like, how many times? 18? So, do you want to know why? That uh, that's, This is the fun fact that I hope to share. The, the number 18 is very important in uh, Jewish mysticism and uh, mythology, and the reason for that is that Hebrew letters are numbers, and so there's a lot said and made of what the what the words, what the letters in a word add up to, right? And 18 is given, like, uh, if Jewish people will give a gift, a lot of times it's in, like, $18 increments or something with the number 18, and it's just considered a very positive and lucky number, and it means life, right? L'chaim means life, and that is also something that Jewish people will say at a very positive, happy event. L'chaim means life, and that adds up to 18, so when Kitty was trying to come back to life, and on the 18th try it worked, and she is Jewish, and Kurt says, you know, what number was that? And she says, 18, actually. And he kind of pauses, and they said, is something wrong? And he's like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why it was very fitting for it to be the number 18. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Do you think that it was, um, 
was a little bit too on the nose for him to hand her her Star of David in the same conversation? Like, was it too illustrative? No, he didn't do that to this issue. No, I know. I mean, the conversation you're referring to of him Mm -hmm. asking how many numbers, that happened this issue. No, that was last issue. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that was issue 11. Yeah. Yeah. I remember because I was excited to share it with JD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because right. I've been holding on to this for a month since JD uh, <laughs> didn't read it. <laughs> um, so Christopher, Christopher St. Sausage at Night says, oh my God, the art in this issue was awful. Now I will agree with him. No, I actually didn't love mm. it. But I, this is the original artist. This is Matteo Lully who was doing those that first like five issues that I loved. And something about this did look different. It, it does well, look I don't think it was awful, but it wasn't what I was digging before. The The hair was weird. The the bodies were a little stretched out. The lines were a lot looser. Um, yeah, the one the opening feel scene different of her too in the dress. It's like from some very odd, extreme was, angle or so. Yeah, if the, the artist is trying something different, that's great. It just it wasn't what I had kind of fallen in love with the first couple of issues that he drew for this series. So I get that. I don't think it was the worst ever. It just was not recognizable compared to his early, earlier stuff. Uh, Rob Patey says, wait, she died again, and then goes on to say, after riding the ghost bullet around the galaxy. Now, to be fair, I don't think she, she was died. dead at that time. Oh. She just couldn't phase back into solidness. Because the ghost bullet would... Because of the ghost bullet. Now, Colossus was dead at that time, and him coming back to life, I believe, had something to do with her... Not being phased anymore. Let's let's talk about the the end, the big hubbub. Ah, right. Um, hubbub is that the right word for it? The, the hubbub. The, well, uh, not the just to do. Shaw, the the kiss. Yeah. So you've got um, you've got a reborn kitty uh, who is has a mind full of revenge because Shaw killed her, mm. and the they're keeping it to themselves. Um, the first thing that she does, other like after her celebration is she's going to go get retatted up because she had, what was it? Hold, hold fast. Yeah. Um, so she finds a, uh, uh, a tattoo parlor. It's about to close, throws down a bunch of money. Um, they have a really amazing exchange of the, the tattoo artist is kind of like, are you sure you want to do this on your knuckles? And her response is it's, it's the man who hurt me. Mm. And she's like, got it. Say no more. Conti- yeah. Say no more. Um, and then Kitty lays one on her, gives her a kiss uh, when they say goodbye, which I did not know until Brandon brought it to our attention that was all over online that uh, Kitty historically or for a long time by Chris Claremont has been kind of coded as bisexual. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. know that either. I didn't yeah, know that I, either. Brandon, Brandon had mentioned it. Um, so I guess previous writers have kind of, oh, not unlike how they did with, um, not unlike how Peter David did with Iceman with Bobby just kind of like slowly coding him mm. as as what why well, does have an, I have a question um, speaking of that what's up with uh, the Rachel scene apparently that they was also part of were yeah or hinted at as having had a relationship or at least an yeah. interest I don't I didn't know that at all until Brandon pointed that out yeah I didn't realize so that, was, yeah. that was part of the earlier stories kind of like implying mm. that they had like behind the panels had kind of a relationship hmm I love what's happening with Hickman's X-Men and how just everybody yeah. 
There's oh, like free love, man, everyone. Yeah. Which is a very sort of new society thing to do. Right? Why be bound up by the shames and strictures of the old, well, of the old ways? Yeah, you know? we, I was going to say, like, remove all of the all of the the things that kind of guide us towards whatever we assume or or, or believe right. our right. our predilections lie. Right? Remove death from the equation. Remove. Mm. Uh, afterlife from the equation, remove all of these things, and it's just like... Also, old yeah. enmities, like old yeah. grudges are dissolved in this world, you know, that remove kind of thing. Yeah. Aging, just yeah. remove it all, and it's just like, yeah. of course, um, uh, like, th- like they never tried it before, but now that there's absolutely no real stakes... Yeah, why don't they share, Gene? Why don't... Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty yeah, of why time they... and love, and everybody's into it, so... I love it. It's, it's so... I feel... I find it very... Cute no. and charming. It's Gene sharing a, them. Everybody's now. That being said, no matter your personal journey, it is not necessarily appropriate to kiss someone out of the blue who just told you that they have a date later that night. And <laughs> you know, now she does kind of. It's written in such a way that the girl is not too tied to this date. She was just kind of going out, and Kitty throws the money at her for the tattoo, and she's like, "All right, you're my date now." Could be a lot of subtext during that tattoo that we don't see on panel. But uh, she does just kind of kiss her out of nowhere, you know? So, yeah, still, I like, very I like, cool statement. On the screen, I like Brandon's um, assessment of it, too, because I felt the same way. I didn't know. So he writes, I think it's more than that, though. It's not just, hey, you're hot, let's fuck. But more, I've come to, I've come back to life and I realize what's truly important to me, and, and you're a part of that. This is um, Rachel, may, I think he's talking about? Uh, I think he's talking about Kitty's, like journey to the kiss right i read it because i didn't know anything about this like previously coded chris claremont wanted her to be bisexual i didn't know any of that stuff so i read it as you're in a new body Mm -hmm. you you've come through a tumultuous experience you are in the moment constantly and you just discovered Mm -hmm. something about yourself and you acted on it that's it like i just took it as a you know not a not a not a reintroduction of something or um Mm. A, uh, a retroactively or or retcon. It just was in the moment she was new and wanted to feel this. I read it exactly which I thought the was same great. way. Yeah, without without having known, you know, like you, uh, what Brandon had mentioned. That's what I thought too. Was just like I am a totally different person. That's been the arc of of Kate Pride through Marauders. Has been I am not who I once was. I will be whoever I want to be. Um, which is a great uh, a great lesson for anyone to learn. No, I've really been enjoying Kate's progression throughout this Hickman era. Yeah. Um, Todd Engel says, regarding reading Astonishing... Oh, rereading Astonishing X-Men, I can see allusions to Bobby, but I don't really see anything leading up to Kitty. It's fine, I guess, but it seemed a little bit out of the blue. Like, when she was dating Bobby, she was like, he doesn't seem that into me. Well, I think this was before Astonishing is... Because Claremont, I mean, I guess... Yeah, Claremont is was the 80s. Where, yeah, um... And from what Brandon said, I think that was predominantly was Claremont that was coding. Yeah, uh, and also too, it's uh, as bisexual, not as closeted gay. So she's still attracted to Peter, she or to to Colossus. She's still attracted to sure. Bobby. She was still like those relationships aren't null anymore. It's just more. Hey, I kind of did that. There's a lot of people that are bisexual that have never actually had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Like, well, I think I think also just, he was. I read it a little bit that way too, uh, Todd Engel's comment, but I think he was saying that when 
she was talking about he doesn't seem that into me. I think he was saying that was that was seeding it for Bobby's character development. For, yeah, I, right, well, okay, he, right. He's mentioning that he didn't he hasn't noticed any of that coding or seeded right. okay, for right. Kitty explicitly, mm-hmm. but I think it predates what he's giving yeah. an example of. I mean, I didn't either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, that stuff, yeah. I don't, I don't like Chris Claremont's writing, so I've no. not read any of it. You tell me yeah. what came out of it because I'm not going to go back and read. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in synopses of yeah. Dark Phoenix Saga or whatever. But yeah. link, link me the Wikipedia page so I could just yeah. read the 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 outline of events and we're good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Milestone Returns Zero. Written by Reginald Hudlin and Greg Pack, with art by Jim Lee, Dennis Cohen, Ryan Benjamin, Bill Sinkevich, Koi Fam, and more. Uh, Milestone Returns number zero is a 17-page sampler, which will be available to read for 24 hours. You're running out of time, y'all. Written by Reggie Hudlin and blah, blah, blah. The sampler will introduce and reintroduce fans to milestone characters such as Static Shock, Icon, Rocket, Duo, and others. The sampler features art by blah blah blah, I already mentioned that. Uh, milestone Returns, February 2021. So, yesterday and today, the DC Fandom Part 2 event is happening at, uh, I think, dcfandom.com. And... Um, for 24 hours, there's two things that you could do. I, I don't know if it ends at 1 o'clock. I think it started at 1 yesterday. You could but it watch, might be at 1 Pacific time, actually. Um, you could watch Superman, The Man of Tomorrow. Is that the name of the new animated film? It is. And there is a sampler that you could read only on their website. You can't even download it. You read it on the site. And that's this Milestone Returns number zero. So, fellas, I do not have a lot of experience with the original Milestone DC run. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these new um, characters that had had popped up. Um, I don't even think at the time I knew it was DC. I thought it was just another like mm-hmm. indie, you know, back then they were dropping yeah. indie books, yeah, new indie yeah. publishers like every week. Yeah. And I couldn't keep up with them and it just didn't really hit my radar. Uh, since then I have heard the love for Milestone mm-hmm. and how everyone wants to come back. Um, the, the biggest character, I think, was Static, who had his own cartoon called Static Shock, which uh, I recently watched on the DC app, and it's very good. But oh, it's yeah, time, oh, animation-wise, but it's good. Um, so, yeah, finally, after all this time, it looks like they're going to be reintroducing the original runs of those characters, either digitally and hopefully in print. And then new series are going to be starting up, starting in February... This was a brief look at that. Did you both get a chance to read it? Yeah, I, I read it. Yeah, I read it. Great. Um, Brian, go. Yes. All right. Uh, I really liked it. I So I remember reading the introduction of Milestone back in the day, and Static and Icon and Rocket kind of stand out more in my mind. I remember there's hardware, too. I was fairly young at the time. They did a DC crossover, and so I always liked it, and I liked Static Shock, the show, a lot. And when he showed up in Justice League, I always thought that was, uh, you know, in the uh, older versions of Static. And, I mean, time travel. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, so, I liked it. Um, This one, I really enjoyed. I loved how they characterized Icon. And, you know, he's very Superman-like. He's a man, even more than Superman is, he's a man uh, removed from our world because it is... 
he is an alien. He's not. He's not from here. He's in a much more advanced society, and he kind of looks at us as though uh, we are primitive, not because of our technology, but because of our attitudes about other people. He's like you scoff at love, you know that kind of thing. And um, and it was a black Jesus, by the way. It was. It was indeed. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Sometimes when they include. Uh, Jesus, I'm a little, in any comic, I'm like, ah, Greek gods are fine because nobody is, there's no contention about who cares how we depict Greek gods or whether or not they are real. This one, you know, it makes a statement that there was a guy hanging on the cross in this world, you know, for sure. And he, and he was a person of color. That part is very cool, right? If you're going to have, if you're going to have Jesus in there, um, he would probably be of darker skin. He was from the Middle East. So, um, yeah, that was cool. And, you know, I mean, it's just a guy on a cross with that so, uh, that could easily have happened and isn't part of the story at all. Um, so anyway. Uh, it, it, was, yeah. it was an illustrative example of how we as a society or a culture scoff at the idea of love conquers all. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and, and the best example of, yeah, the greatest yeah. example of that story-wise is the story of Jesus Christ. That's Whether a good one. you worship it or not, it's, it's essentially, you know, yeah. The version of that story of he was just trying to get you to like everybody, right. Why and not? you crucified him. Like, like in Good Omens. They, you yeah. know, like, oh, what yeah. did he do? He wanted everyone to love each other. Well, that wasn't going to work. I'm reminded also a much more recent and maybe smaller story of Rodney King. It was such a laughing stock when people were like, oh, can't we all just get along? What is so funny? What about can't we all just get along? You know what I mean? That is a wonderful statement, and um, and I love Icon's removed, compassionate perspective on this. And Rocket gets him to every so often he tries to help, and this is one of those times. Um, I like Static. I like his new costume; is very cool. My one potential misgiving about this whole thing is that now we can't have Static and Icon interact with the main DC heroes, or maybe we can. We're still Why? not sure. Well, I don't know if this is in the same universe. It is. They're just in Dakota. Yeah. Okay, that's great then. Because there's also a lot to be said for them in a world where they're on their own, like it was originally in the original Milestone. That's very cool. I got the impression that it was. So, okay. I've never read any of this. I'm very familiar with it. I Mm -hmm. bought the first issues of Hardware and Icon. And Mm. on, they all came polybagged. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> with with amazing, um, uh, they all came polybagged with like a, a amazing borders and stuff like DC beautiful colors and like first issue and it actually said on the polybag, never, uh, not yet touched by human hands. So <laughs> yeah. even though I owned them, You've I was afraid them. to open them and I never <laughs> did and never and never read them. They're in storage somewhere, uh, maybe gone forever. I don't know. Hmm. So. I remember all of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't read any of it. So, <laughs> if they made changes in here, yeah. no clue. If they, um, yeah, if, they did. No clue at all. Yeah, I don't remember too much. Oh, you know what? One change that I know you and I had had mentioned: Icon's costume. He used to have this cool like ring thing and a green cape that tied into the ring. But I really I'm, came around to this one in this issue. I was like, all right, this is I'm, cooler than I gave it credit for at first. It's one of my favorite colors. I missed the green. Yeah, I really missed the green. Like, yeah. I'm cool with the the new like logo and stuff here. I, I really mm. like that, but 
like um, this this uh, red cape that kind of flows with it. It's not mm-hmm. unlike what um, they gave Jonathan Kent in Deceased. Yeah, and I hate that too. Oh, I like like that. <laughs> the cape that looks like it's a part of the top of the shoulder and like it just all flows in. It's not attached. Just really <laughs> weird to me. Yeah, but that's that's minutia. Yeah. This book itself was great, and the fact that they changed, um, I guess they changed, or Static's uh, origin is at a Black Lives Matter uh, protest that yeah. becomes riotous, and he gets killed? No, or maybe in this one he does. He doesn't usually in his origin. He gets exposed to this gas that gives, but it was previously it was a gang fight, so everybody else that was exposed to the gas were... You know, gang members and... Well, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's So, essentially, it's... He was at a Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. Got in a fight with some bullies who were probably Blue Lives Matter or something. Mm. And they all got gassed and they all have power. So, he's got super-powered bullies. Yeah. That's so on the nose, it's great. Mm. Like, it's not even on the nose. That's the nose. That's... <laughs> That's the entire nose. It's like that bed of noses that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked this. This, like, I had no idea what was new and what wasn't. I had no idea, like, but I I didn't even, like, there's a couple of these, like, little interstitials where they introduce characters and stuff. They don't even give names. I don't know if this is, like, a, Mm. some of, there was a couple times, the one that you're showing, this is, I don't know who this is, um, this person. Uh, they... They don't tell me who it's supposed to be, this vigilante. They don't even, like, in conversation, like, Jimmy is terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't know who the fuck this is, it's, I don't but think it's he's cool. a good guy either. I'll tell you that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, same with same with the, uh, the, the couple who are stuck together inside the mind of... So, I don't know who they are. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what superhero that's supposed to be or what they're named. The, they, give, they give us Rocket, Icon, and Static. Everyone believe, else is just kind of like, look it up, I which I appreciate. I believe they are a zombie with, spelled with an X in the as the first letter. I'm not 100% sure. You could, yeah, I mean, yeah. sure. All right. This was, as a primer issue, yeah. this was fun. It, yeah. ga- it, it gave me a lot of, it gave me a lot of uh, breadcrumbs. It didn't feel, even though there was no resolution whatsoever to this story, it was just a preview issue, and it was just, it was good. It was fun. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I hated, mm. hated... <laughs> their reader oh I, you couldn't go full screen yeah that was it. annoying hated it they make you click through each panel to make it easier to read when really it's just more frustrating oh you did um, not have to do that actually you didn't There's have to do setting. that look yeah no i know but on on my computer it was either like i wanted to blow things up manually myself and i couldn't uh, do that i gotcha and also for, at least for me the little box that said dc and the options window continually shaded the lower right hand of the page that I yeah. was reading, which was annoying. JD, uh, what did you think about it? Um, I really liked it. Uh, I think the only thing that I... Whoa, how do I stop that? There we go. Um, I, I, yeah, it was very interesting. I'm looking forward to more Milestone. I'm actually in the process of going back and revisiting, or re- visiting for the first time, the original Milestone stuff. Um, I will say about this particular issue, though... And I don't know if it's entirely a negative comment, but it felt like it was written for all ages. Hmm. I think it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's good, right? So, like, as a, as a long-time reader, 
I could have used a little bit more nuance, but as something that I think they're trying to appeal to a broader and younger audience to bring them into comics um, through uh, these representative stories, I think it's it's good. Well, I think so, that is a big part of, like, Static is a teenager, and Icon seems to be the main character, but if I remember from the actual story, it was really Rocket was, like, yes, the viewpoint even, character. The she even says, like, he's my sidekick. It's, does, it's, does she it's have mystery Rocket's the main character. At least yeah. that's how I took it. It start, yeah. The story starts with her. The other so thing is I understand character. why Brian was a little confused about the continuity, because they don't really mention other superheroes all that much, despite... No. The fact that right. the world is plumb full of superheroes. Right. And even the guy at the end, like, he only shows people from this from this uh, story structure. And they say certain things that you would think if you knew about Superman and Green Lantern, you wouldn't say, you know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I mean, yeah. I presumed this is part of the universe that just isn't talked about. Also, too, mm. previously in the last couple of years, Icon is a part of DC continuity. It's true. And, and so is Static. I mean, he was in the Teen Titans. Icon mm. and Rocket are on Young Justice. Um, yeah, like is, they've, they've, cool yeah. they've done work to integrate these characters into other media and then other books over the last couple of years. I just assumed it's just a corner we don't talk about. It's just a, not unlike how when they introduced the Runaways, like... We don't talk about L.A. that much. This is what's happening over there. Like, you just... Sure. Yeah, like, they don't talk and about this, Dakota. This is already a different origin for Static, I believe, than his New 52 origin. Um, but that's... There's a lot of continuity changes going on at the moment. But, like, you had mentioned this is... This feels all ages, J.D. That's a perfect segue into the next quick book. Ah, oh, well, represent number one by Christian Cooper and Aletha Martinez... Jules, a black teenager, is given a pair of old binoculars as he heads out for a morning of bird watching in Central Park. He soon learns the binoculars show him a lot more than birds, and maybe they keep him safe, too. No, you read this. I did. Um, it is a very quick 16-page um, story of a kid birding for the first time with old binoculars from his grandfather, hmm. which um, the story is uh, inspired by... Christian Cooper's experience in Central Park birding with a, and then a, a woman with their dog unleashed uh, threatens to call the cops on him because he asked her to put her on leash. So, like, that large thing that happened. Uh, he is the writer of this. Um, it is an all-ages short story. Um, as he is looking for birds, or at birds, he sees almost like ghost images of people in the view of the binoculars. And they are people that have been killed by um, by the police. Mm. So he sees Brianna Taylor, uh, and then they give a, a brief history of what happened. He sees George Floyd. He sees um, Amon. Hang on, I've got it here. He sees all these people, and then while he's like seeing it, and then looking for birds at the same time, um, a woman's dog comes and attacks a bird that he's looking at, and then you get a bit of a recreation of what happened. Um, it is a very all-ages book. It is very, very well done for what it is, but it is, it is, it is not a, it's not the beginning of a story. It's, it's, this is like, this is like for 10-year-olds understanding their history and the place kind of a thing. It's, um, it's very good, but it's a very specific type of read. Is this the beginning of... Because it has a subtitle. 
Is are there think, to be more issues of? I think it's of this, anthologies or? of some okay. sorts. Not yeah. Oh, right. So, right. so the way it ends, and like it's it's not a it's a, they don't really pull punches. Uh, you know, like he's looking, and and then a an old man comes and yells at him for being near his property. This woman uh, in the park uh, threatens him because he tells her to leash the dog, and he kind of turns his back and walks away on her, which felt even more ominous to me. Like she's like she's yelling at him, don't, don't put, don't turn your back on me. I'm like, mm. oh my god, that he still could get killed right now mm. by just doing that. Like, um, but yeah, this is a purely educational kind of story. Mm. It's very yeah. good. I mean, I, I, I this would be great for uh, a classroom. Uh, Robert says, with all the focus on YA with this book and changes at DC, JD. How many kids are subscribers? Um, not as many as adults. But I guess that's the point, right? Two interests. Well, I mean, interest, yeah. yeah. How many how many kids would be subscribers? Their adults would be, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, the What's other the flexible day? income of an eight-year-old? Well, true. But, uh, you know, like maybe just the general... Like you see new adults coming into the store, right? Like people And they who buy stuff for their like kids. Oh well, that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think I. Um, I guess I'm. I'm pushing back on Rob. I don't think that's a measurable metric of how many mm-hmm. new kids are now subscribers. It's yeah. how much YA stuff are you selling? No, oh, I'm selling a lot of YA on. stuff. Yeah, and a lot not of kids come stuff. And get bought by the kids. Like, yeah. Uh, let's see. Hawkman number twenty-seven by Robert Venditti and Fernando Passarin. Hawks reborn. Hawkman and Hawkwoman receive the precious gift of life one last time and return to the past where they were happiest, back with the JS of A. But nostalgia is not all it's cracked up to be with the Injustice Society on the loose. And who's the mysterious figure plotting to cut Hawkman's life short from the shadows? I don't know. Noel, do you know? Nope, had no clue. That was my first question. Who is the guy at the cliffhanger with the hole in his chest? I have no idea who the hell that is. I also don't know, but it might have been the guy... In some retellings, there is somebody that they wronged. It was in the Justice League cartoon, and it was Jon Stewart. Um, but it that might be this guy. I think in Legends of Tomorrow, it was Vandal Savage, but usually it's just a Hawkman-centric character in their in their Egyptian life uh, when they were so, Khufu and Chayar. I mean, the dude looks... Okay. Well, reborn. He gets reborn, too. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. like... He's whiter than white. If it's somebody oh, yes. that's from their Egyptian times, yeah, yeah. This was fine. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't read yeah. Hawkman. Uh, um, I don't. I. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, as just jumping an issue, like mm-hmm. I got the gist that when they die, they they get reborn. For some reason, they were able to pick which time frame of their lives they could. Mm-hmm come back into however there's they look like they do to themselves and yeah it's fun kind of thing yeah it was it was cool yeah i i don't um i don't care all right all right um i'm interested in caring because mm-hmm. i i have i have the uh the jeff johns run that i'm eventually going to read that I, everyone says is amazing oh yeah um but i don't i don't care for robert venditti very much. Oh, okay. 
So the writer's work doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to me, and the character is not one that I follow. Mm-hmm. So this is a perfect storm of me being indifferent. Mm. All right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, that, uh, it reminded me of uh, Black Widow last last week. Oh, that was your perfect was like, storm of indifference. Yeah. Yeah. It was like well done enough. Eh, not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but this one I was I really liked uh, because so Hawkman is not one that I always read, but I think he's cool. Uh, you know, I like the Egyptian reincarnation aspect of it and all that stuff. And he, you know, fights with the weapons of yesterday uh, was something like his original tagline. Um, and I like in this time of continuity uh, jelloness flexibility. We have an entry of. The Justice Society the was around in the 1940s. They were the JSA that you know from pre-New 52 continuity. You know that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah. I like that. That um, was the that was the that was why this book was fun for me. Mm-hmm. Those, those like three scenes in the middle of the JSA fighting with yeah. Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Yeah, amazing. I want a JSA yeah. book, and Ooh, I'm excited that would be for nice. that. This was some but cool classic JSA the, stylings too. You know, the framing around it was like. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the the uh, the JLA and their classic villains and stuff. I was like, yeah. just give me this. But that was that also happened. Um, I forget which which uh, book it was. Was it like the Flash anniversary book, the seven fifty that had? Uh, there was a, a Jay Garrick Jay story. Garrick there, story, but it was a was JSA also, story, and it was drawn by was David it? Marquez. And it was okay. amazing. I was like, holy shit, mm. can this just be its own book? Yeah, yeah. I want JSA. So yeah. in regards to this giving me a little bit of JSA. You're into that. Nice. I mean, I mean, that was a big part of why I really liked it, too. I also like seeing... So I've been watching... I finished the first season of Stargirl, and the gambler is one of the main characters, and I don't really have a lot of uh, experience with him in the comics, so it was kind of cool to see him show up here, and I was like, ah, it's the gambler. Which one's... Which one's He's the, the guy in the purple in the purple suit, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, no, that's Wesley Dodd. That guy? No, no, no. The guy that Wesley Dodd is fighting. Oh, purple suit. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Sorry. I think he. I just don't think he's been used that much since the Golden Age. You know, um, and I, at least in Stargirl, he calculates probabilities and all that kind of thing, um, which is a cool way for them to take him uh, if they if they do have him show up more. Um, Alan Scott with the train is <laughs> is excellent. Countering the magician there. Um, I am... It was interesting as a jumping-on point because it clearly is right after this very major change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that train thing is cool. Um, and uh, it's clearly after this major change, but it's also the beginning of something different. I know a little bit about what happened. They were involved in some massive fights. They went back through all their lives, and now they're not going to be reborn anymore. But they yeah. get they got to choose one more life to live, and they picked their like their instantaneous favorite was the nineteen forties life where they were in the so, JSA. So I mean, that sounds cool. That mm. sounds cool as a jumping on point to a different series. So this mm. is this book has been cancelled. Oh really? Um, issue twenty eight in December is like the last yeah. one. Yeah. So, if you think this is the beginning of a new expansive arc, yeah, it, I did. it is not. I mean, I guess However, maybe it was supposed to be, but... It yeah. could be the beginning of a new status quo, where these are now yeah. past characters with the JSA, tell a different story altogether. Cool. I bet. The fact that we see them seeing themselves as their modern characters, 
that scene is awesome, where he mm. uh, wipes Fur Jagaton, uh wipes the floor with him. Um, oh, it, just as, since we're on that, the classic comic booking of the JSA, where they beat everyone, and it turns out that Brainwave, the guy who can cause them to, uh, you know, see illusions, has been causing them to see illusions, and now, you know, it turns out that they, they don't have the upper hand at all, and uh, they win with the last second throw of maces hitting each other, which I guess is a power that their maces have now. Um, that uh, was a cool twist. That was a cool turn in the story. This, um, the JSA bit of this book was cool. As soon as it yeah. became a Hawkman stories, I didn't care. Yeah. And that includes the cliffhanger ending that I don't understand. Yeah, I, you know that's that's a cool thing in comics, or a cool or annoying thing in comics that happens uh-huh. a lot, where um, they will have like a until they get a load of me kind of ending, yeah. and there's always a portion of the audience that's like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. am I supposed to know who that is? I mean, and that's how I, I felt this time. I think it works even if we don't. I wasn't sure he might be the guy that I said he might. It not looks be. like Oliver Queen. He, does he straight look up looks like Oliver Queen. <laughs> So, I'm but, like, so the fact right. that we see them in their modern garb, where they see themselves in their older garb, I don't think that they will end with them just living out their time in the 40s. Mm-hmm. They may go back to that and then live there for a while, but we'll see them again in the future. Hopefully we see the JSA in the in the present, and they'll be part of it, you know? Um, JD, what'd you think? Oh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm not a big Hawkman guy. Uh, I do want to read that Jeff Johns run and Randy, our son, the voice of reason, friend of the show, he ha- has been talking it up that this Robert Venditti run on Hawkman has just been phenomenal. So, you know, Randy's a good hype man. When he loves something, man, he really gets you to want to check it out. So I've been very curious about it. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that this is part one of Seems or Final Justice. But then I guess part two is the end. I, I don't know I if agree. it was originally supposed to be a two parter storyline yeah. but seems kind of bigger than that doesn't it or it says, I'm, wait it i'm does. sorry three it's it's maybe it's issue 29 there's oh, two okay. there's two more issues left oh well, great. like you all. said this could lead into a new status quo they could even end up with hawkman and hawkwoman go they're back in the 40s so they don't remember any of the present stuff but somehow the whole jsa is in the present I, I would sample a jsa book for sure oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely just always, always depends, depends on the creative, on the creative team, team, but yeah. JSA gets at least one blind purchase. Yeah. And I like that they're back. You know, I I like that Superman was the first superhero, and when it was post-crisis, pre-New 52, I was like, oh, that would be cool if he was the first superhero again. But I really grew to love it's, the JSA being part of continuity. And well, it's, it's, it's Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman now. now. Wonder Woman oh, is that's the true. first superhero. And that makes sense for and Wonder Woman. And then got JSA. JSA. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and and it's just, you you get something when you have Superman as the first in the modern times, but you also lose something when you they don't have the previous generation of heroes that they really built up into a really cool thing in the 80s and 90s yeah. and 2000s, you know. So, all right, Superman number 25, The Scroll Tells Us, is what we'll talk about now by Brian Michael uh, Bendis and Ivan Rice. Or is it Yes, uh, well, it's, it's Rice. I mean, ah. Well, Reese, sorry. So Superman number 25, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Ivan Reese. New villain alert, introducing Sinmar. A colossal new threat to Superman, the planet Earth, and the DC Universe arrives on the scene in this special issue. 
The unique warrior called Sinmar was created to represent an entire alien race. He's trained his entire life, but for what purpose? As the antithesis of everything Superman stands for, Sinmar launches his aggression toward Earth to destroy the Man of Steel and every being on the planet. This is what Superman was born to protect us from. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. I, I have a nagging familiarity with this Sinmar guy, and I don't... I feel like... They, they mentioned something about Thanagar in here, and that's where I seem to remember him from, from, like, Ran Thanagar War. Not him, but a member of that species who has, like, a red face with a kind of pointed uh, oh, I, forehead I and a, blue. I thought it was a new design altogether. <sighs> yeah, I can't put my finger on it, and I don't I think know... It's yeah, it, if I come up with it, I'll let you know, but... I mean, this guy is new, and they certainly pitch it as new, but no, I don't know. I think the, I think the race itself is new. Okay. The Sinmar? Yeah. Yeah. I so, did like when they were like, uh, these Earth people that don't even know about us, probably. And they're like, oh, they definitely don't know about us. Speaking yeah. of their newness. Yeah. So, I I liked this issue. I actually liked this issue a lot, but mm-hmm. I didn't like it immediately. Like, it mm-hmm. was, it kind of washed over me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's an oversized issue, and it, it tries to accomplish two things at once. Yeah. You've got um, dating back to the very uh, destruction of Krypton, this council of Sinmar, kind of observing things mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to respond. Like, right. it's fine. Oh, there's a, there's one there's one capsule that's heading somewhere. Where's it heading? It's heading to Earth. Ah, it's backwards. Whatever. Yeah. Um, well, the physiology of this person on that planet is going to possibly create a god. Should we intervene? No, let's wait and see what happens. So yeah. you've got these kind of like watchers, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then it scoots over to current day with uh, Clark Kent giving an exclusive interview to Lana Lang, who works for the uh, competing publication of the Daily Planet, the Daily Star in Metropolis. Yeah. Which was the first place that Clark Kent worked in the very early days. I love it when they bring in the Daily Star. Yeah. yeah. So so you've uh, the this. New history of an alien race who is responding to the existence of Superman or the potential of Superman. At the same time, it's juxtaposed against the conversation that he's having in real time in the current day about his journey to... Between two characters that have a shit ton of history. Hmm. Um, so it was... it At first blush, it seemed jumbled. But hmm. then, as I was reading it, the kind of connection between the two was revealed. And I was like, oh, that's pretty subtle and I like it. Now, but wait, by I the connection by the, between the two, you mean... Telling two different the, stories, right? but the thematically, they are, okay, right, thematically right. they're connected. So the idea of this entire alien race monitoring what will happen with this boy, mm-hmm. with this child. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've got someone, Lana Lang, who has known him his entire life, right. and thinking back on it and monitoring his growth. Oh, that's an like, interesting... Has, I didn't so think of that parallel. That is interesting. It was yeah. such a wonderful like kind mm-hmm. of like idea that I think yeah. really worked, and it worked so well that I almost didn't even notice it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but then I was slightly confused by the the motivations of the Sinmar. So Ugh. it's they are a warring race, right? They the, created this. They, I, I mean, they're a they're um, almost like a Big Brother type of thing. Like, yeah, I thought it might have been like they create him just in case. Well, they but, they create yeah. they they the military apparatus apparatus creates this. Mm-hmm. Um, response to Superman. So they mm-hmm. essentially radicalize this younger soldier 
yeah. for decades yeah. to get him to be a response to Superman if it ever happens. It never mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that he's been lied to for decades right. until one of the leaders gets drunk and is just like, to think that we started you because of Superman, whatever. Mm. So his motivation being, my life's a lie. Mm. I, I have no idea what I'm here for or why. And I was built and created to respond to Superman. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go respond. Like, I liked that motivation, but it, mm. it, it was too, it was almost too subtle. Because it mm. took me, like, reading two or three pages more than once to be like, oh, I think that's what he's doing. So, mm. like, it felt, it felt, um, it felt too subtle. Yeah, the storytelling was a little say. confusing. Mm. Uh, but overall, I loved this issue. Mm. Like, I, I just love, I've been loving this run. And mm. this was just more of it. Um, I like when he does new when Bendis has been doing new stuff. The the arc before this was a whole new magic character, and Superman's mm. like one of his weaknesses is magic, and I thought that mm. was really really cool. Like he's trying things, and like what if a bureaucratic warring nation decided to manufacture a Superman? Mm. How would that work? Like who who also seems to cool be ideas. a pretty decent guy, but. Yeah. Will you know? Like he's not a he's not a hateful villain. Um, he may become one, but he isn't now. And um, you know, so it would be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I guess that's the Leviathan stuff. JD is what yeah, you're that's... referencing there that you're showing on screen. Yeah. Uh, now I do have a continuity sort of. Uh, how it's not that big of a deal, but how does this fit in? We've got. Superman in flashbacks when he's talking to Lana that he's got first that one where it's the New 52 costume and Justice League and then later you've got his post New 52 and pre New 52 Superman merging costume where you've got like the gold thing in the belt but still no trunks, red trunks and you've got Lana Lang, who knew him as Superboy, but also has her New 52 history. Um, how does this work? And I thought those costumes were no longer in continuity, now that they've no, merged. No, they were. were. Are they still? Like, even though they've their, their histories have merged? Like, if he was Superboy, did... I don't think the Grant Morrison Action Comics stuff happened in this continuity. Um, I don't yeah. know. Um, so all those <laughs> costumes, all those costumes did exist because mm. they make a jo- at the beginning of this run. They kind of make a joke about it how uh, the trunks are back. Oh, okay. So he those guys- started yeah. with trunks, then he well, switched. He started then he's back without. To so he's like in new continuity when he was a kid. Yeah. that's trunks. And then showing up in Metrop like the Justice League origin stuff, the right. the the happenstance of the Justice League mm-hmm. in Jeff John stuff. That was no trunks, that was like alien looking thing. Right. And then there was like a costumey version of the no trunks. Right. And then trunks. Right. And then back like it's weird. And then here we Tr- are. The the but trunks. But he was are back. Superboy in the, the tr- classic yeah. Superboy Superman costume. Yeah, so... Okay. uh, 
I got the impression that the Trunks being back is a reference to Superboy, not uh, career Superman for five years. Because it's only supposed to be five or six years, right? Well, now I'm not so sure. On the scene? Anymore. Well, yeah. even even the merged versions of them, Yeah. this world has only known Right. Well, but now Superman you've also got like Doomsday Clock may or may not have added back in some of the time that was removed... I don't know. Hopefully at the Doomsday. end of Death Metal we'll know a little this bit. This is a goddamn mess. Dude, hold on. <laughs> Doomsday Clock also introduced the idea that the New 52 is its own, like, timeline. Exactly. And is so done with. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Um, but the, I liked the idea that they brought in the Superwoman, the, the Lana Lang having yeah. powers for a short amount of time. I that was that cool. Uh, yeah. Although, whoever designed that logo for that book, Superwoman's. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, wait. There was though, because it was it was Lois Lane. Lois and was Lana. also yeah, that's true. I yeah, just grab it in, Superwoman's. <laughs> with the I, uh, with the her symbol right after the yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. If if this is him, if this was him, just um, gleefully cherry picking continuity to tell his hmm. story. Fuck it, I'm down. That's fine because no one's using those pieces right now because they're hmm. afraid to. So just just whatever he wants, whatever well, gets yeah. you there, right? Like I say, it's not that big of a deal, and it, we are in DC at a uh, very unstable point in continuity. It seems. And I love the Sin Mars design. Yeah, they're that cool. Is so cool, what you're showing. Yeah, yeah. Ivan Rice like kills it with those designs. Like I love the the light source from within them. Yeah. yeah. And how that like as they're getting like angrier or more emotional, it just kind of brightens up and. Mm. The, and they say light a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do. They get out of my light. That concept. Yeah. Come into the light. Get out of my light. You're in my light. So I, hey, this, you got a light. Uh, what is this? <laughs> we have three issues left now. So of Superman is potentially leaving the book. It's not officially announced, but well, here's the thing, right? Nice. So it says that he's leaving Superman and action, but he tweeted just a couple months ago. Yeah, I'm planning on leaving, but that is way off in the far, far future. Don't even huh. think about it right now. Huh. So I wonder if maybe he's just leaving. Maybe those books are ending, and he's going to be moving forward with another Superman types book or something. I don't know. It could, or his own, like somebody. I mean, hopefully they won't end Action Comics again. Uh, again, well, yeah, yeah. It could be. It it could be any number of things. Like yeah. his run could turn into something else, and they've they've done this before. Like him yeah. explicitly has done this shit before yeah. with. We're ending the Avengers. Fuck them. Ah! Yeah. And then new there's Avengers. a new title. It's yeah. New Avengers or it's yeah. Mighty Avengers. Like, right. I I don't... And I'm. Yeah, who mm. knows where... He could have been planting seeds that will be in Legion of Superheroes, for all we know. I don't you know. know. But <laughs> like, yeah. if, if, uh, if it is him just, like, leaving these two books, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a little upset. I've yeah. genuinely been enjoying this run. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, like it's a net positive overall, even when it's been like weird issues here and there. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like I, that would suck if if he's being like pushed off the book. I doubt Brian Michael Bendis is getting pushed off of any books, right? But who knows? I mean, you know, no matter who you are, if the book isn't selling well, then you get pushed off the book. The, you know? But that's just the thing; it is selling. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like uh, somebody, somebody, like it's not, it's not a top ten book, but comparatively to the title before he hmm. was on it it's selling more than so like and it's, it's also it's possible that like, they editorially want to go in a particular direction yeah. for the brand of dc as a whole 
and he'd rather do something else so they're like all right tell your story but action will be something else you know yeah they did uh they did it with tom king too i think like his Hmm. the end of his super or batman run was supposed to be what is now gonna be the batwoman and batman and catwoman miniseries okay so maybe it's something like that where we still get a continuation but yeah either way it's been it's been almost 70 issues Hmm. of him over two plus years Mm -hmm. like the the six issue lead in the man of steel and then nearly 30 issues of action nearly 30 issues of <laughs> of superman and then not even counting the the special tie-ins for yeah, yeah. for the reveal where like the heroes and villains issues the yeah. leviathan issues the whole leviathan and uh, legion series legion is is classically linked that's to superman family mythos yeah, that's too a, that's yeah. a superman family book so like yeah. this that yeah not counting legion yeah. not counting young justice Hmm. This is like nearly a hundred issues of yeah. Bendis working on Superman, so it's not been a flash yeah. in the pan. However, right. if it does end, it hmm. feels premature, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We'll but I, I, I'm enjoying yeah. this run, and I can't wait to have it collected. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, but we can move on to the Let's see. last. Let's, oh my uh, god that that might have been the last book. Was it? Yeah, uh, that was the last book. Oh, wow. Well, in that case, I'll say, since we're looking at it now, uh, Ivan Rice is really great at space stuff, yeah. too, you know? Um, I mean, he was uh, he was a lot of the Green Lantern, um, the back Blackest Night, and the... Yeah. yeah. That stuff was great. I like uh, Brandon's comment, everything happened except the bad stuff, which didn't. DC's I mean, unofficial yeah. motto. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Whatever we like, we keep. <laughs> yeah. Samuel yeah, it, David it, says feels feels premature. It does. So yeah. that makes that makes me hope or think that it's just going to like transform, not end. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, we, there is one more book actually that we that we didn't talk about. The Ultraman. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god. Rise of Best Ultraman. We're not done yet. <laughs> we're not done yet. You thought you were rid of us. And you could be. I mean, it's up to you. Nobody's forcing no, you. No, we're to talking about Ultraman. What we're doing? <laughs> you better stick around, you or we're gonna it, come and get you. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I almost forgot my favorite book this week. Was it really? Okay. Well, Rise of Ultraman came out this week. Oh, interesting. Written by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom, with art by Francesco Mana. Also, there's some Ed McGinnis in there. There's some um, Gurihiro. Um, lots of cool art. I thought this book was great. I don't have a lot of experience with Ultraman. Like, maybe, uh, what's his name does? Carl Carls. Mm. He knows Ultraman. So uh, this is my first real experience with Ultraman, other than seeing, like, the cool costume and the, Mm. he shoots a beam. But, yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think my main, one of my main issues with the book is that uh, the artist Francesco Mana doesn't really seem to draw asian people he, mm. he draws white people um like the the woman has kind of asian eyes um but all the men just look like white guys to me um mm. maybe that's my this is my eye but you know um the other artist ah oh, mike cho is it michael cho yeah you said ed mcginnis it's not it's mike cho there's also ed mcginnis but um Where? yeah mike Where? cho does it and um boy that, lo- that work looks amazing. 
Uh, I, that's when I went, oh, look, they are supposed to be Asian. He, you know, Michael Cho drew them as Asian. The previous artist did not. So that was just a tiny, tiny little tidbit. Otherwise, I, th I thought the issue was great. What did you think, Brian? Um, so I was in a similar boat. I have seen Ultraman, like, on a clip in TV or something like that. Like, I know it exists. I always thought he had a cool costume. I am not really into the kaiju genre, you know? And I kind of suspected also he was one of those guys that, like, wasn't as powerful as I would like him to be, kind of, you know, or he could just get really large or, or something like that. Um, but, you know, I was very intrigued to read this issue to see what the story with Ultraman was. Unfortunately, we did not get that, which I was <laughs> a little upset about because I, I was curious as to what it was. Um, if I can bring up a nitpick from the first, or no, uh, third page, it's the first page of the modern time. Uh, sorry, uh, next one, I think. The one, I, there we go. So on the phone that she's got right there, right? The, no, the, there we go. Uh, the phone that she's got right there, they show this conversation that happens that requires time to pass for the conversation, and yet the times for the phones are all one minute after each other, although they did happen, some of them, on different days, and I was a little like, you gonna, you went to the effort to put a time in, why not make it 3.45 so that the necessary time for the dialogue happened, you know? I think I, I, think I hate you. That is a nitpick, you were correct. I said it was a nitpick, but it really, <laughs> I saw it and I was like, because I think it's cool. I think it's cool when it's artists awesome. do that. Like, it's well, a cool little little thing when they think to do so the times that work, you know? I'll, I'll counter when we find out who those are from. It's not like a desperate date. It's right. this dude that, was, that failed out who is desperately trying to get her attention and more information from her. So sure. I was like, yeah, he's not waiting. Like, all right, mm, all right. Mm. I could accept that. I could accept that. Um, he's actually he's been following her, which we find out too. That's true too. Because he's got the same he tech. Um, I thought that this was awesome. Yeah, just straight up awesome. Tell so us more. Like, um, I had pulled up the the previews, but whatever. Um, this is great. This this the whole first the the beginning part the the main story. It's it's all just set up and a peak of what might happen because you know Ultraman is coming and what it is but I have no idea who the hell it is I've never watched the show yeah like a few pages the, at the end just like a little here's the, who Ultraman if, like after that cliffhanger if there were no backups I would feel upset like oh that's nothing but the backup stories were so fucking awesome that they made me want more of this world so the the intro story was nice. It felt like a zero issue, which sometimes bothers me, especially when they don't give you more. But then as soon as they get into the Michael Cho backup story, uh, talking about like the history of this world and the organizations and the origin of the organizations in that awesome 1950s feel and style. Hmm. Oh, my God. Like, amazing. If there's if there's something like that, every issue. Holy shit. This is the best thing ever. Like, it's it's. New or it's uh, like New Frontier style. It's just it's beautiful. This this book is awesome, and then it all ends with that big old Ed McGinnis, you know, classic DC. Here's what's coming kind of way that Jeff Johns used to do. Yeah, a splash page of the book in the future. The entire like I think 
the the review of just the main story is like a B. It's just it's just nice. I like the characters a lot. The pacing is is good, but it's a little empty because it only gives you like the preamble of the plot. The whole package, a a a yeah. a minus. Actually, just Amazing. give me the Michael Cho. That's an A right there. <laughs> this Michael yeah, Cho storyline was great. I didn't read that story. Ah, I, you, Jesus yeah. So we get we get through. It doesn't give me. I was like, all right, that was fun, but it was a lot of preamble and nothing happened. Do then you, you skip? get this. Then you get this like kaiju steps thing, and I was like, I don't feel like reading the jokey thing. And then we got to the next thing. I think it was late, like Thursday night or something. And it's not that I didn't intend to read it, but I was kind of, I was like, uh, this is Ultraman before we even get to the main character. It's a spy thing. Eh. And I so, didn't, and I didn't read it. What I like about this though, is that the book is not about Ultraman. The mm. book is about the people. And I like yeah. the people so far. And yeah. now they're introducing this clandestine organization, multinational organization to deal with this weird threat of Kaiju. Hmm. And this is awesome. awesome. To be fair, I mean, it's called The through, Rise of Ultraman. It is. Yeah. Um, this does look cool. This, uh, the monster that uh, JD's got up on screen now, that that is pretty cool. Like, this does look like a well-illustrated and interesting um, It also looks kind of like story. a dude in a suit, sort of. <laughs> it does. It does. And not I, as big as they sometimes are, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a little bigger than a person. I'll actually... All of it so far, so far, I'm getting the impression in this in this world in this version of reality. So far, the kaiju have only really been mm. that big, like the size mm. of a car or a truck, not okay, ten, fifteen stories tall or hundreds of stories tall or however big they get. But but Ultraman does tower over buildings in the show. I believe. Yeah, he's so huge. We're building to that. When it well, he's he becomes that huge. He's not right, right, always right. That he huge. can be that big. Yeah, but uh. I think this is all leading up to that. Not necessarily mm. the normal status quo at the beginning of this book is that kaiju are buildings tall, and we mm. need a building tall. Th- like it's Mm-mm. this is the building up to that, which I think is really cool. Mm. All right, this well, is I'll awesome. give this back up a try, you guys. Yeah, I, I'm really, I really enjoyed this first issue. I, I was when I heard they were going to be doing an Ultraman comic, I didn't really have any anticipation for it i wasn't super stoked about it the covers look pretty cool and i do like his costume and everything but yeah this was great i really enjoyed it and i'm really looking forward to more and it kind of makes me feel a little bit better because i know marvel also recently acquired the rights to the predator and alien series Hmm. and i wasn't really stoked about those either because you know for the most part i don't really i'm not entirely sure those are most effective in comic book form those characters but if they get another good group on it like they've got here, uh, I'll, hmm. I'll be into checking those out for sure. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Um, anything else before we split, my fellows? No. Uh, was there any any uh, DC fandom or anything that anybody was interested in? There were two cool trailers out, Dune and uh, Discovery Season 3, and I'm interested in both of those things. I did so. not watch the Dune trailer. I have no interest okay. in Dune. Okay. But maybe this trailer will change my mind if I eventually maybe. watch it. As for Fandom, I really wanted to watch the Superman Ma- Man of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I think I only have, I've got like 15 minutes left. Yeah, um, I was thinking, yeah. I really am excited about that, though. And I was hoping to catch it for free, but I don't think I will. Yeah, yeah I'll just wind up. I'll watch it um, when it comes out. I think it's out on Blu-ray now. 
think so. But I also yeah. have the DC streaming app, so hopefully it'll show up on there before they just nuke it. <laughs> I I mean, wasn't it wasn't it like three or four weeks? They would usually wait. Like it comes out on DVD and digital, and then like a month later, it's on the DC app. Yeah, I believe actually. There, well, there's that middle stage where it is available to rent um, for like three ninety nine or something, as opposed mm-hmm. to which I will probably do. And even if not, I mean HBO Max. Who knows? Maybe taking over for. Uh, I didn't know for that. I, yeah. I, I I didn't know John said that Three Jokers was in continuity, Todd. Well, it didn't. I mean, it it, it, it doesn't surprise of, me. It seems yeah. like it's in continuity. I mean, there was Batman on the Mobius chair. Was like, huh? There's three Jokers, and then it. We didn't hear anything about it for a long time. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, so, it occurred to me that it wasn't in continuity. Yeah. Every every and any writer can make everything in continuity. It's sure. just the next writer to change it. Sure. Um, same with... So Tom King is about to do the Batman and Catwoman series. To him, that's in continuity. Hmm. We'll see. If it like, becomes it's, beloved, it's, people will reference yeah. it. It will be in continuity. I mean, I'm super excited for it. Uh, have, have, did you guys read the... the about it, no. the Batman and Catwoman thing. It's it's a sto- it, like it's told in three time frames. It's he tells the story of them meeting as a- adversaries, the present with mm. them connecting as couple, mm-hmm. and then the future. Bruce Wayne is dead, and elderly Selina is going to go and oh. right some wrongs because oh. he's not there to stop her, or he's not there oh, to be sounds, disappointed in her. That sounds pretty cool. So you've got these like yeah. three time frames laying out at once, yeah, and how they're connected via potentially the Joker. And so that so, even like continuity wise, like anything that tells a future story, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and also too, like um, uh, they're going to have a daughter. So oh, as Helena, uh, yeah. who becomes the Huntress on Earth too, um, yeah. is frequently their daughter. So yeah. you've got this like, is it in continuity? To him, it is. Sure. And I would like it to be, will yeah. it stay, like, somebody will cherry pick it or whatever. The parts that aren't in the future could be, you know, the parts that are the future, it's like, that's always kind of a vague, mm-hmm. oh, right now this is what happens to them kind of thing. Yeah, it is it's it is what it is, right? Right. Now, speaking of somebody with tons of money, Noel, I wonder if there's any way for our <laughs> viewers to give us some of their tons of money to mm. help the show. That you uh, imply I have tons of money is adorable, but then also oh too, no 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 I think Bruce probably... Wayne has tons of money. Oh in Bruce our Wayne, viewers. yes, yeah Bruce Wayne is the one with tons of money. And JD, I was just wondering, you know, Bruce Wayne is a very wealthy guy, and maybe our listeners could give away some of their wealth to us. Oh, they sure could if they really yeah. really wanted to. Um, if they have a couple of extra dollars in these hard times, and they decided mm-hmm. they would like to give us money for providing them this entertainment, they could go to Patreon.com/slash Johnny Destructo. They could also just send us money on Venmo at yeah. JD's Hero Complex. Any way you want to do it, we'll would take you accept it. Except money thrown in through the door of your shop without them going inside. You could do that too. Safe. Yeah, you yeah. could you could keep uh, uh, social distance, and you could just sure. wad up some dollars, throw them in, and some wait, change, wait. and just throw them right through the door. I, I was going to say, take prefer- money to a brick and throw it through the window. Make sure there's enough to cover the replacement cost of the right. window. Right, as long as there's money to replace some for the show. I th- <laughs> I actually think my favorite is loose change. Just handfuls of loose change yeah. tossed into a doorway or at <laughs> the window. Yeah, like you're trying to get the attention of your high school love 
and you're outside of their, their bedroom window throwing up, you know, yeah, yeah. JD, you are our it. high school love. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have any money and you still want to help the show and, and um, get more people to check it out, please like and click that little bell so yeah. you can get um, a, a notification because we also do other things on the YouTube channel. We do uh, Thunder Round videos. Thunder Round. Uh, where we, we do 60-second reviews throughout the week. I also do an unboxing video where I will show you the new DC and Marvel and Image and all the other comics that come in every week, and I will show them to you here uh, in the shop. And then, uh, what else do we do? Is that it? I mean, Oh, uh, Nola started whatever, whatever. doing complete run reviews. What was oh, the yeah. one you oh, just yeah. did? Um, uh, Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest. So, oh, I... My reading habits are usually like absorb or run at the same time that I'm doing the weekly books. So when I'm done with something, we'll do a little video. Interesting. Looking forward to that Lucifer video then. Yeah, well, uh, it's going to be the first half of the run. It's oh, just the first. Oh, right. Like, the and second honestly, omnibus I am, is, yeah. I am just under halfway through it. I read, oh. a, chap I read a chapter a day. So I'm you're moving. You're, you're into it. Yeah. Um, I'm on page like 450-something of 900. It's like oh, a 900-page cool. tome. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Uh, you know, also, a little while ago, JD asked me if I would like to do some videos, and, and we kicked around some ideas, and, you know, it kind of slipped my mind a little bit, but if, uh, if any of the viewers have anything that you'd like to hear from me about, you know, we were kind of thinking, like, oh, shit. interesting uh, comics history, or just thoughts, or, that doesn't even really have to be about comics. If there's anything yeah, that you want to hear about, then uh, I'll maybe try to relate it to comics in some way. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let me know. You know, like uh, whatever. Where so, where will people let you know this? They could email us at cultpopgo at gmail dot com. They could, and it would be cool to say that in a letter, and we could get people's input live. The other guys, but you could also reach me at brianleebdesign dot com or brianleebdesign at gmail dot com is the website. The other one is yeah, you know what how things work on the internet. <laughs> One of them's the email. The other one is the just, website. Just if you don't know about rope. that, you're not sending me anything anyway. So, um, yeah. Uh, was there anything else from Fandom that uh, struck anyone? Superman's getting a new suit. That's cool. But we didn't oh, is get a suit yet. It was, well, they said they, they made that for like a crossover. It's not really built to be a full show suit. The television. The oh. television. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. In the television show. There were, like, the only announcements that I thought were kind of worth it was that they renewed, um, they renewed Doom Patrol and Ooh, the fourth season yes. of Justice League. Or, sorry, um, Young Justice. Young Justice, which we already, I thought, sort of knew was happening, but it's nice to get, oh, we didn't? Okay, so it's great to get confirmation. Doom Patrol, unfortunately, ends on a massive cliffhanger because it wasn't supposed to be the last episode of that. It's not a, it's not a spoiler, it's because of, you know, because of the uh, lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. You just don't get the final episode, so it's really good that they will be making more for their own story purposes, you know? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for cool. joining us. You can reach Noel at Mr. Bartocci at, uh, on Twitter, and Brian That's already right gave there. his information. Yeah. So did I. We're done here. Let's get... Oh, wait. There's one more comment. Hold on. What's Ooh. that say? It says... And it's got a subtitle. Young Justice. Young Justice. Phantoms. 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 There we I'm go. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk at you later. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast. 
where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>